What's up, L.A. and basketball fans across the country? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside, a podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray, here to talk about the two disappointing losses over the weekend, playoff losses uh, by the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. As you all know, as I've been saying all season long, I believe these two teams will be the representatives in the Western Conference Finals. I still believe that. Can't go back on my word now. Uh, But obviously, both of these teams are going to have to play better for that to happen. Which, Which one of these two teams was the more disappointing team over the weekend? Was it the Clippers? that uh, suffered that loss, very, very disappointing loss against the Dallas Mavericks or the defending champion Lakers who played some uninspiring basketball against the number two seed Phoenix Suns. I'll break down both of those basketball games for you in a moment. But right now, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. It's playoff time. Big stakes bigger promotions every day of basketball's playoffs DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs the best part is free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter just download the DraftKings app Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right, all right, all right, L.A. fans. Again, this is L.A. Ray of L.A. Courtside. So let me try to break down both of these games for you, starting with the Clippers game against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Again, the Clippers lost 113 to 103. And what you glean from this game, obviously, of course, is the play of Luka Doncic, who is one of the, he's becoming one of the top, five players in this game if he's not already there I mean and this kid is only what 22 years old I think something like that 41 minutes 11 out of 24 from the field 5 11 out of 11 for three-piece land 31 points plus 19 when he was on the floor young kid can ball it's no if ands or doubts about that triple double didn't even mention that 10 rebounds 11 assists and my first criticism of Coach Ty Lue, 
who again I think will will carry the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals. Don't get me wrong. Again, that was my prediction at the beginning of the year. I'm still going to stand by that right now. Uh, but my first criticism was starting off that game with Patrick Beverly guarding Luka Doncic. That's not going to happen. Ty Lue's not going to do that in game number two. Uh, you, you can book that. Doncic, Doncic it, it's just too big. Uh, uh, Patrick Beverly is a defensive dog. But against a guy like Doncic, no way. No way can he guard him. Two quick fouls on Patrick Beverly, and he's on the bench. And for the rest of that game, again, criticism of Ty Lue and his decision on who to put on Doncic, you know, uh, Zubats, you know, Zubats is too too big. Patrick Beverly is too small. Uh, Zubats is too big and too slow. Can't handle him. Uh, Nick Batum had his shot at Doncic, and he pretty much couldn't handle him either. Your best defensive player on this team is Kawhi Leonard. Now, I know, you know, maybe Ty Lewis trying to save some energy with Leonard. And, you know, he doesn't want him to expend that much energy guarding Luka Doncic. I know if you're guarding him, Doncic, I'm referring to, you're going to work. And maybe he just doesn't want Kawhi Leonard to expend that much energy. But I don't see anybody else on this team stopping Luka. You know, and maybe Kawhi can't stop him either. But he can make life a little bit more difficult for Doncic than the rest of those guys can. So Ty Lue, uh, in, in a quote in the L.A. Times, uh, was basically saying or telling reporters, you'll probably get what you've been asking for, which means Kawhi Leonard um, having more of a role defensively on Luka Doncic in this second game coming up on Tuesday night. I mean, uh, Kawhi Leonard is one of the top, what five defensive players in the game probably so and you know he's a two-way player you know that's what he's billed as that's what he's advertised as Kawhi Leonard is one of the best two-way players in the league and he is this is the playoffs there's no tomorrow for the Clippers no tomorrow so if it's me I'm putting my best defender which is Kawhi Leonard on Luka Doncic the Clippers have enough scoring power on that team if 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 Kawhi Leonard's offense is affected by uh, the energy he's expending by guarding Doncic, so the rest of the players they're gonna have to simply step their game up offensively if that's the case, and the person that has to step up uh, obviously is Paul George. Now in this game, Paul George started off very very cold, and the first thing I thought was, oh boy, here we go, uh, a continuation of last year. When in the last three games, he and the rest of the team, as I've been mentioning, did not play very well. Uh, Paul George, uh, I think he was like maybe two of eight, his first eight shots or something like that. He played better in the second half, but the Clippers cannot afford to have long stretches of drought in terms of Paul George scoring. He's going to have to be the alpha dog here, and he's going to have to take over some games. In this game... 23 points now he did end up eight out of 18 shooting after the slow start but he was only two out of eight uh from beyond the arc and that's going to have to get better and again if, if Kawhi Leonard is going to be expending all of that energy defensively which may or may not affect him offensively not saying that is definitely going to happen but if you're chasing Luka Doncic around the court 
and, you know, try and concentrating on trying to stop him, it's a possibility that his offense can suffer. Now, if Kawhi Leonard plays great defensively and offensively, then Dallas is going to lose this series. But if his uh, offense is affected, Paul George, you're going to have to step your game up. There's no if, ands, or doubt about it. You know, all the talk, you know, back and forth and, you know, what went on last year and, 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 and you know, I know you're, you're, you're still stewing about that and whatever situation that you had with Doc Rivers and that was going back and forth and all of that talk is over. Paul George, you have to step up now. If he does not step up, the Clippers, Clipper fans, you will be disappointed. I will definitely be disappointed because, again, I, I penciled this team in uh, to the Western Conference Finals. They have the talent to do that. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr., the, who, who by uh, statistics-wise is the second-best free throw, I'm sorry, the second-best three-point shooter in the game. He was, on, he was 0 of 6 from 3, 0 of 6. You know, got to do better. Of course, have to do better. He only scored four points, played 33 minutes. He was minus 23 while he was on the floor. So that tells you he was he was a liability all over the place over the floor. Again, only two of eight from the field. Has to do better than that. Zubak played okay in his limited 19 minutes, four out of five from the field, uh, scored eight points. Patrick Beverly, again, he had the two fouls early. Uh, trying to guard Luca, and then he sat down. He played an okay game uh, between that time and the rest of the game and scored 10 points. But overall, the Clippers just didn't, just did not play with a sense of urgency, I would say, in that fourth quarter. Now, Rajon Rondo came in the game. Uh, he scored 11 points uh, in 24 minutes, and he played a lot down the stretch. Uh, not going to uh, – say that Rondo was the reason why he lost. This was a team loss for the Clippers, but they brought Rondo in to, to uh, solidify that offense in the fourth quarter and make sure that they're in the right sets and things like that. Uh, he pretty much did that. I mean, they got the shots. The Clippers did that they wanted to take, but they just were not making those shots. And in the last category is the most disappointing of all. The Clippers were one of the best free throw shooting teams in the league. And I believe statistically, they may have been one, either one or two or something like that. They were up there. They only shot 75%, 18 of 24 from the field. A lot of those misses down the stretch. Mark um, uh, Marcus Morris Sr. missed two huge free throws down the stretch for the Clippers. And that kind of led to their demise. So what needs to happen in this second game? Uh, one of the things is, you know, if Doncic is going to get his, and he pretty much is, even if Kawhi Leonard is guarding him, it's not like Doncic is not going to get his points. But Leonard would make it a little bit more difficult for him to do that. It's the rest of the Mavericks team that the Clippers are going to have to kind of reel in a little bit, you know, especially a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney I mean, yes, he's an NBA player and all that. He's, he, he starts for that team. He played 37 minutes, but he scored 18 points. He had some very, very big baskets. He was four out of five from beyond the arc. Dorian Finney-Smith, 18 big points, plus 15 when he was on the floor. Tim Hardaway Jr., by way of the University of Michigan, go blue. Eight out of 13 from the field, five of nine from three-piece land. I mean, 
they were jacking up threes, the starters anyway, for Dallas like it was nobody's business. They shot 47.2% from beyond the arc. The uh, Mavericks I'm referring to, uh, even Doncic was like 5 out of 11 from beyond the arc. So those guys are ones you, that you have to find a way to stop. Uh, Chris Dapp Porzingis did not play well in the first half. And in the second half, or at least in the, uh, the fourth quarter, he played pretty well with uh, six points. Uh, he was only 4-13 overall. You know, if they if they get bigger contributions, contributions from uh, Chris Stapps, then the Clippers may be in a little bit of trouble. Um, uh, Kleber, Kleber for the Mavericks, he's a guy, he only scored six points, but I tell you, in that second quarter, if you all saw that vicious, vicious dunk uh, uh, given to him by Kawhi Leonard, I mean, that you talk about a poster, posterizing, posterizing. That was a vicious dunk. And uh, but he's one of their starters. He played 36 minutes, kind of limited offensively, uh, like one of those scrapper type players. He scored six points. But overall, again, very disappointing loss for the Clippers. They're going to have to regroup and regroup big time in game two. I would consider this a must win game. They do not want to go down 0-2 uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. They've already lost home court advantage. You go down 0-2, you're going to be in really, really trouble, really, really big trouble. So now the Clippers have lost four straight playoff games, and now the pressure is mounting. I said before these playoffs started that the uh, between the Lakers and the Clippers, the Clippers had more pressure on them during these playoffs, and I still believe that. Paul George stated that you know the, the Clippers don't have any more pressure than any other team that's in the playoffs, and that's that's kind of like player speak. You know, you expect for him to say that, but uh, you know, in my opinion, and several other uh, like media members and, you know, pundits, things like that tend to agree that the Clippers do have a little bit more pressure on them because of what happened to them in the bubble last year when they lost to the Denver Nuggets after holding their three games in one lead. So they do not want to go down 0-2 against uh, these Dallas Mavericks. And if Dallas wins this next game, they're going to have all kinds of confidence. They probably have all kinds of confidence now. And if they beat the Clippers again, and then it's going to be really, really shaky for the Clippers uh, the rest of the way. They would have to win four out of the next five games in order to advance. But I still have faith in these Clippers. I have faith in Ty Lue. I have faith in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. You know, it's one of those things. If I was from Missouri, which I'm not from Michigan, but if I was from Missouri, the show me state, I'd have to tell Paul George, hey, man, you got to show me. Got to show me all that talk, 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 talk is over with, man. You got to show me step up from as soon as you step on that court in the first quarter. You have to get balling, man. You have to put your stamp on this game. Put your stamp on it, man. You're Paul George, you're you're arguably one of the top 10 players in this game. If your game is on and the Clippers need you to be on in order to uh, overtake the Dallas Mavericks, who have a pretty good basketball team. So the game will be uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, at the uh, Staples Center. And I expect the Clippers to play much better in that second game than they did in the first game and take care of the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow. Segment number two, I will break down the L.A. Lakers disappointing loss to the Phoenix Suns. If you don't attack from the back, 
This second segment going to speak on the L.A. Lakers lost to the Phoenix Suns. By the way, that one clip that you just heard, you guys remember that song, Theme from the Black Hole, Parliament Funkadelic. As you all know, L.A. Ray is a big time old school music fan from back in the late 70s and early to mid 80s. Those type of songs back in those days, Theme from the Black Hole, Parliament Funkadelic and George Clinton. That was the jam back then. So, L.A. Lakers, another disappointing loss for the city of uh, Angels. Now, there's no um, uh, disrespect or uh, nothing wrong with losing against the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they are the number two seed in the West. But a lot of times it's the way that you lose. I mean, the Lakers seem like they were just sleepwalking through this game. I mean, no emotion, no sense of urgency. It was just very, 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 very disappointing. And uh, before I started this episode, I asked a question, which game was more disappointing, the Clippers or the Lakers? I'm going to say the Lakers. You know, even though the Clippers are, you know, aiming for their first ever championship, the Lakers history, of course, with the 17 championships and all of that. But and even with Phoenix being the number two seed, you know, a lot of pundits think that the Lakers can overtake the Phoenix Suns, and obviously I still believe that, but they just came out pretty much uninspired in this game. That's why I say this this one was more disappointing than even the Clippers lost. And Anthony Davis, I tell you what, um, I'm not going to go back on my word. I, I still say he's a top 10 player in this game, but as Bill Plasky said in the LA Times, he's just inconsistently maddening. I mean, he was being abused by DeAndre Ayton or the whole whole doggone Lakers team was by DeAndre Ayton, who was 10 out of 11 from the field, 21 points. Dude has 16 rebounds, plus 16 and a plus minus. DeAndre Ayton, who I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, the young kid, is he's a good player, but he shouldn't be dominating like that. Not against the Lakers, not against the defense that the Lakers have. And on the flip side of that, Anthony Davis, five out of 16 from the field, or up two from, uh, from behind the arc. He did have seven rebounds, though, but he was minus 18 while on the floor. Minus 18 led the Lakers in that category. The next closest uh, person in the plus minus column negatively was uh, KCP at minus nine. So he doubled that, which means he was a liability on the floor, folks. That's pretty much what that means. Anthony Davis was a liability on the basketball floor in that game. He has to pick it up big time. He is the Robin to LeBron James is, you know, the Batman. He has to pick it up. If he does not, the Lakers will not win. It's really that simple. Now, one of the things about Davis is that game against Phoenix um, toward the end of the regular season when he had like, I believe it was like 42 points or something like that. You know, maybe he doesn't have to play that well that was probably his best game since coming back from that injury but you know 13 points is not going to get it done you know he's going to have to double that output for the Lakers to be successful and his teammates you know they still have confidence in him of course Ty Lue has confidence in him you know LeBron James says he's not worried about Anthony Davis Anthony Davis says he's not worried about himself 
you know, but he knows that he has to play better in order for them to win. So uh, I fully expect for him to play well in the second game. The Brian, speaking of LeBron James, it, it, I would call this a pedestrian game by his standards. Six out of 13 from the field, uh, three of seven from beyond the arc, played 36 minutes. 13 shots to me is not enough for the king. You know, my only criticism over the years uh, for LeBron James is that sometimes he's reluctant to take over games or to shoot the ball more or even drive to the basket more. You know, just just take over the game. You're the best player on the planet. So act like it. You know, 13 shots in a game like this is just not enough. You know, you have to will your team to win, and I fully expect for him to do that. Look in the second game for LeBron James to take more than 13 shots. He did have 10 assists and uh, seven rebounds and 18 points. But again, for LeBron James, that's pretty pedestrian. Andre Drummond, 19 minutes, five out of uh, seven from the field, scored 12 points, had nine rebounds. And, 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 you know, that's an okay game by him. Dennis Schroeder came back uh, and played pretty well. He played pretty well against uh, Golden State. You know, he did not play well. In this particular game, though, 14 points, five out of seven from the field. So hopefully uh, Dennis Schroeder is getting off the schneid, so to speak, getting off the schneid. Dennis Schroeder, the German assassin, they need him to score, and they need him to score in bunches. And uh, KCP, again, this game, he did not have a good shooting game. He's kind of inconsistent as well. I know at the beginning of the year, KCP was just firing it up all over the place. He was hitting threes. He was in the top three in the league in three-point shooting earlier in the year. But as the season progressed, uh, his three-point shooting sort of fell off as far as his percentage goes. And in this particular game, he was only one out of seven from the field. Or I'm sorry, from beyond the arc two of nine overall and scored only seven points. They need better shooting from, uh, from KCP in order for the Lakers to, uh, to advance and to make it to the uh, Western conference finals again, which I uh, fully ex uh, expect for them to do and uh, go on to play the Clippers in that Western conference uh, finals. So uh, Montrez Harold um, moving on Montrez Harold. He was a four out of five from the field, played 15 minutes and scored 12 points. Now, again, here's that three-headed monster at center that it seems like Frank Vogel seems like it. he hasn't figured out yet. You know, Drummond is definitely going to be the starter, but, you know, in some games, Harrell will he'll play less than 15 minutes, and then you will have Gasol play more, and then Gasol will play more, and Harrell will play less, and vice versa, and just on and on and on. I don't see a lot of consistency there, but all I know is this. It seems like when Harrell is in the game and gets his minutes, He's very, very effective. I don't, I don't know why some games Harold, Harold doesn't get the minutes. You know, in this game, again, four out of five, you know, 12 points, three rebounds. You know, the guy gives you 110% every time he's on the floor. I, I don't know what the Lakers expect out of him or want out of him, but every time I see him play, the guy hustles all the time. He's very, very tough, and he gives you maximum effort. So maybe from this point forward, you will see a lot more of Trez Harrell uh, in this lineup or in the second uh, team of the Lakers moving forward. Caruso, who uh, uh, who I think deserves more minutes, he played 24 minutes in this game, four out of nine from the field, and he scored 10 points. 
and he played pretty good defense. Now, going back to uh, the Phoenix Suns, though, again, there's nothing wrong with losing to the Phoenix Suns. It's just the way that you lose. Again, this team is the number two seed in the West, and I must admit I was totally wrong about Phoenix. When they were the number two seed, like in the middle of the season, you know, my thought process was they will not be able to sustain that. They're not that good. They're good, but they're not that good. And here they are. They finished 51 and 21. So, yes, they are damn good. And I tell you what, Devin Booker, a superstar, is not, is not a superstar in the making. Devin Booker is a superstar. 45 minutes, 13 out of 26 from the field, 3 of 7 from beyond the arc, 34 points. They had absolutely no answer for Devin Booker. He is a superstar. He gets his shot off anytime he wants to. He can dribble penetrate. He can take it to the basket. He can penetrate, pull up for short jump shots, mid-range jump shots. We know he can shoot the three when he's wide open. Kid has plenty of game, plenty of game. 34 big points. They had no answer for him. May not have any answer for him the whole series. I mentioned uh, earlier a couple of episodes ago before the playoffs started that the Phoenix Suns, as far as playoff experience, only Chris Paul and uh, Crowder had playoff experience. Devin Booker didn't have any. Uh, DeAndre Ayton didn't have any. Uh, Mikhail Bridges didn't have any. And I thought Booker, maybe not struggling, but will feel the pressure a little bit. He didn't feel any pressure in that game. Not shooting 13 from 26. No pressure on him at all. Chris Paul had a scary uh, injury there in the um, in that game where he came down awkwardly on his shoulder on or his teammates. seemed like he uh, uh, crashed into one of his teammates. And uh, it certainly looked like a, a separated or a dislocated shoulder. At least that's what the uh, announcers were saying that it could have been. Now, the Phoenix Suns are describing this as a shoulder contusion. and But you can tell it affected Chris Paul in that game. He was not even dribbling the ball as well as he normally does. He definitely wasn't shooting it as well or as much as he normally does. He only took eight shots the whole game. So, obviously, that shoulder was really bothering him. You know, in 36 minutes, you know, you're going to get more than eight shots from uh, Chris Paul. So, you know, hopefully Chris Paul is um, able to be himself in that uh, game number two, which is also on Tuesday night. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that like to see a team win because other players are injured. I want to see both teams at full strength. And then I want to see the Lakers beat Phoenix while Chris Paul is at full strength. You know, he only scored seven points because of that injury. He did have eight assists, though. So he played decently, even though this shoulder was kind of banged up there. So let's hope Chris Paul is okay for game number two um, for Phoenix. Uh, again, I mentioned uh, Mikael Bridges, four out of 12. He scored 10 points. And then Cameron Johnson, um, 10 points. And uh, nothing too much for the rest of the Phoenix Suns. It was a low-scoring game, very, very low um, offensive output for both teams. But for the Lakers standards, to only score 90 points, very, very disappointing. Very disappointing for the L.A. Lakers. So I expect, again, just like the Clippers, I expect the Lakers to bounce back in game number two. And, yes, in Phoenix and win that game and take uh, home court advantage away from the Phoenix Suns. I expect LeBron James to come out on fire with more aggression. I expect Anthony Davis definitely to come out and demand the basketball. 
Anthony, AD, AD, demand the basketball. You know, sometimes he, he seems so so distant out there and, and uninvolved. I'm not going to use the word soft. I'll use that for, for, uh, for uh, other reporters and writers and things like that. I'm not going to call the guy soft, but he's not as aggressive as you would like for him to be or his fans would like for him to be or his teammates would like for him to be or his coaches would like for him to be. They may say one thing while they're in front of the cameras, but in the back of their mind, they're probably thinking too, man, demand the basketball. Okay. You need to go after players, man. You know, you're you're one of the top 10 players in this game. You know, you can go down low, depending on who's guarding you. You can go down low and do some damage down there. Yes, you can shoot the ball from beyond the arc. You know, he has that capability. But if that shot's not falling, then you go down low or 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 get your mid-range, mid-range game going. And that's what he needs to do. And I fully expect for him again to do that in game number two. So, again... My predictions of these two teams meeting in the Western Conference Finals still stands. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be very, very interesting uh, as we move forward. I think if they both get out of the first round, the second round may be, I'm not going to say easier, but they'll be playing better. They'll be playing better. But for both of these teams, I think game two are must wins for both the Clippers and the Lakers. And I fully expect for them to do just that so with that my fans in la thank you for listening to this episode of la courtside and i also like to thank the basketball podcast network for putting this on and to thank our sponsor draftkings.com and if you all want to bet on this basketball game go to draftkings.com put in promo code tbpn and place your bets whether it's on the lakers the clippers or whomever you want to bet on and also you can find this podcast la courtside on any of the platforms where you listen to your podcast whether it be uh google play or or spotify or stitcher or apple or iheart radio odyssey radio wherever you get your your uh podcast from make sure you go to one of those platforms and look for la courtside so with that la fans Until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, which will be dropping on Wednesday after both of these two teams play on Tuesday. Until that next episode, peace.